What's up, boxing fans? This is Sides of Boxing with your host, JJ Sermon. In this podcast, JJ gives an in-depth analysis of nearly every fight, from undercards to main events. Now, let's get into the ring. What's up, what's up, what's up? So on this episode of Sasha Boxing, I'm going to get into all the important fights that's happened this past weekend, which included Regis Prograce versus Josh Taylor, Shakur Stevenson versus Juet Gonzalez, as well as Erickson Lubin versus Nathaniel Gallimore. So let's get straight into it. To start things off, I want to get into some notable mentions, which are just some boxers who did a very good job this past weekend. One of the boxers that I want to mention is Robert Easter Jr., he got a unanimous decision over Adrian Granados. He improves his record to 22 wins, one loss, and one draw. And he actually moved up to the junior welterweight division, which is the 140 pounds. So be on the lookout for him. Another fight I want to talk about, which is the Joshua Greer fight. He improves to 22 wins, one loss, and one draw as well. And he's in the bantamweight division. And he won this fight over Antonio uh, Nevas. So that's another person I wanted to mention, as well as a couple fights that I saw under the Josh Taylor Regis Progress undercard, which was Connor Ben, who improved his record to 16 and 0. He's still undefeated in the welterweight division. This was a 10 round fight, and he beat uh, Steve uh, Jamio, if I said that correctly. And like I said, he improved to 16 and 0. He has 11 KOs. He got a KO win, so that was really good. And as well as Lawrence Ocoli, he was in the cruiserweight division. He's undefeated, and he improved his record to 14-0 with, with, I think he only has 10 KOs at the time, and he's a very good fighter. Also, let me not forget Lee Shelby. He won, and he improved his record to 28-2, and and he had a barn barn burner against Ricky Burns, which was great. Y'all caught the pun there. Ironic. You know, never mind. Just I'm just continuing. So he improved to 28 and two. Lee Shelby. That was in the lightweight division. It was 12 rounds. Very entertaining. If you haven't watched that fight, you should watch it. Bunch of punches thrown. A bunch of great things that happened in that fight. The next fight I'm going to mention, which will be my last fight of my notable mentions, is the Derek Chisora versus David Price. Derek Chisora was originally supposed to fight Joseph Parker, but he got it bit by a spider they said and it really affected him so david price was the replacement and this fight was a pretty much just a bunch of right hooks that Derek chisora threw and it pretty much put him to rest david price was a good fighter but he wasn't ready for Derek chisora and he got a you want to say a, a tko win he improves his record now to 32 and 9 with 23 KOs. So now that I got the notable mentions out the way, I know it was a lot of boxers, but it was a lot of fights that happened this past weekend. It's I spent the whole Friday and Saturday pretty much watching them. So just wanted to let you know you all know that I do watch these fights. I do put in the time and I do understand that yeah, I'm not gonna be able to talk about every single fight. Sometimes I'm just gonna have to zoom through some of them because we still have the big main event fights to talk about. So this is what I'm going to get into now. The first fight that I want to talk about was the Erickson Lubin fight versus Nathaniel Gallimore. So let's get into it.
All right, so Erickson Lubin came into this fight with 21 wins, one loss, and 16 KOs. And Nathaniel Gallimore came into this fight with 21 wins, three losses, and one draw with 17 KOs. And this is for the junior middleweight division, which is the 154-pound division. And this was a 12-round fight. And it was a fight in which Erickson Lubin dominated and showed that he deserves a world title shot again. Jamal Charlo is about to do a rematch with Tony Harrison again because that's who he lost his belt to. And once that fight is over with, I want to see Erickson Lupin fight one of the guys that's at the top of the 154-pound division, whether that's Julian Williams or whether that's Jamal Charlo with a rematch because th this fight in which Erickson Lupin fought, he showed how versatile and how great of a boxer he is how he can move and and be a lateral mover how he can throw the jab out how he can set uh, nathaniel gallimore up and and faint and throw good hooks and throw good shots good body shots I mean, how he was controlling the ring it was just a, a beauty to see how great he was doing uh in the boxing ring and how much he has improved since his last loss is the only loss so he, I know that, shout out to Boxing Wave, he talked about how he wanted to see Erickson Lubin fight one more good 154-pounder, which I agree as well. I think he should probably should get one more fight before he gets into a world title fight. But if he gets the world title fight next, I ain't even mad because he definitely proved it against Nathaniel Gallimore. And he looks like he's ready, man. He's ready to go and take a title and prove that he's the one of the best at the 154 pound division so that's pretty much what i have to say about it nathaniel gallimore did come to fight and he was trying his best but he just wasn't in the same league as erickson lubin and erickson lubin did work for real for real for real so that's all i gotta say now let's get into the shakur stevenson fight versus joette gonzalez Shakur Stevenson came into this fight with 12 wins, zero losses, and seven KOs versus Joette Gonzalez, who came into this fight with 23 wins, zero losses, and 14 KOs. And this is for the featherweight division. It was 12, it was a 12 rounder, and this was for the vacant WBO featherweight title, which means the winner of this fight was going to be a world champion for the first time. And so it was a really big deal. It was on ESPN, and I felt like this fight showed a lot about who Shakur Stevenson was and as well about Joette Gonzalez. So I'm going to get straight into it. Shakur Stevenson did a great job at keeping the distance, keeping the jab going, never looking like he was rattled or ever feeling like he was in a position where he was getting like, ambushed or getting hit with a lot of combinations. Shakur kept it a distance fight for the whole 12 rounds. And he showed that he can, he's a very good defensive fighter. Sweet science, man. That's that's what Shakur does. He's not one of those fighters who's just going to go in and brawl. He's going to literally pick you apart by step by step, by backing up, showing different angles, feigning, throwing, uh, allowing you to fall into traps and continuing to keep you out of range so that you can't land any strong punches. And I want to say that one thing he that surprised me a little bit more is how well he was able to 
to throw a punch and step back. Because when Joette Gonzalez would come in and step forward one foot, Shakur Stevenson would step back uh, two times in order to get away from Joette's pressure because Joette was pressuring him most of the fight, but he never was able to get any type of rhythm. He never developed anything that was going to allow him to win the fight. And it just, it just became a fight in which that was mentally just tearing him apart and he couldn't win uh, that mind game to, to overcome Shakur's athletic ability. So that's pretty much what just kept happening. Shakur would eventually throw some combinations, like three-punch combinations, whenever Jouette would just be stunned or just, like, in a froze moment because he can't figure out where Shakur Stevenson is going next. Or even when Shakur would, like I said, lead him in the trap, he would go to the ropes every now and then, but he wouldn't stay there at long at all. Like, if anything, he wouldn't be there too long. But he'll know how to pivot out of it. He would know how to throw some combinations while he's uh, close to the ropes and get out of there without even get in touch and it was just those little simple things that Shakur did that really made it such a great and entertaining fight that would remind you of Floyd Mayweather in the sense of how you can make a fighter look like a C-level fighter when they're being considered like a B or A-level fighter and he did throw a lot of good body shots that that would stun him he would throw a jab then hit straight to the body I mean, he was just giving a lot of different looks throughout the 12 rounds, and he won a unanimous decision, which meant he was going to get the WBO featherweight title for the first time of many because I think he's going to win a lot more. I know he's going to eventually move up to 130, but he definitely got this belt at WBO, and he is now going to continue to hopefully get a unification fight next. Joel Gonzalez is as a great fighter but he just was outclassed by Shakur Stevenson I definitely believe that Shakur should get a unification fight with Josh Warrington or Gary Russell Jr but I don't know if any of those will happen if it doesn't happen he should definitely just move up to 130 and look for fights that include like Tevin Farmer or anybody else that he sees at the 130 pound division but yeah that's all I pretty much have to say about Shakur Stevenson he did an amazing job congrats for his first W first world title of the WBO so yeah man that's it now let's get into the last fight I want to mention which was the most entertaining fight of the weekend which is the Regis Progress fight versus Josh Taylor the last fight that I'm going to discuss on this episode is the Regis Progress fight versus Josh Taylor. Regis Progress came into this fight with 24 wins, zero losses in his campaign with 20 KOs. And Josh Taylor came into this fight with 15 wins, zero losses in his campaign with 12 KOs. And this is for the junior welterweight division, which is the 140 pound division. And this was 12 rounds. And this was for two world title belts. So this is for the WBA Super, which was with Regis Pro Race, and the IBF world title belt. And that was with Josh Taylor. The winner of this was going to win the World Boxing Super Series. And that was going to get the Muhammad Ali Trophy, as well as the Ring Magazine Trophy. So a lot was on the line. And this fight lived up to the hype. Regis Progress came in to this fight on the, I would say, on the, it was like a 50-50 fight for most people, but he came into this fight as a 
underdog with regards to the environment because this fight wasn't in the United States. This fight was definitely in the, I'm going to say it was in the O2 arena. So he was fighting in Josh Taylor's pretty much backyard and he wasn't fighting in his, which makes a huge difference when it comes to judges, referees, etc. So Regis, in order for him to win this fight, he was going to have to win it by convincingly proving everybody that he won this fight clearly. And it wasn't nothing to be, maybe he won. It was None of that was going to have to work. He was going to have to win this fight, clear as day, for him to get this unification win against Josh Taylor. So when the fight started, the fight ended up being very entertaining because Regis Progress came out of the fight moving a whole lot. He was moving a lot and keeping uh, showing angles, different angles, moving ahead, and he was attacking the body. One thing to point out, they both southpaws, second round came, and Josh Taylor started to throw some more hooks. He he loved that left hook, man, and he was throwing it, and he was throwing a couple combinations as well, and Josh Taylor started to keep the, the distance, bringing the distance in, so he started to come in a little bit more and kind of like brawl it out with Regis Progress, and that's what I wanted Josh Taylor to do because Josh Taylor has an amazing inside game. He can brawl it out, show different angles when he's inside, and he can really punish his opponent more so than when he's on the distance and he's backed up and he's just jabbing away and just trying to keep the distance. Much better inside fighter than people credit him for, and this is how he usually wins his fight, his fight on the inside. And that's what he did when and he did that for round two and round three. He slowed the pace as well because Regis had a little faster pace. I mean, he started slowing it down. And Regis was going to the body consistently um, in them early rounds. When rounds like five, six, and seven came along, that's when Josh Taylor started to really take over. Josh Taylor started doing things in which he would throw more cleaner punches and he would land more shots later in that round, which would really make the crowd go, make, make noises. But Regis would throw a number of body shots. He would throw straight rights, lefts, and Regis was pretty much going to the ropes on purpose to try to trap him but he didn't fall for it Josh Taylor didn't fall for it and pretty much all he did again was just throw more combinations and go on the inside get close to him and start throwing shots in the inside when rounds eight came this is when Regis progress his nose started bleeding a lot more and you could tell it was affecting him in his breathing that was a big issue I felt in the fight because Regis didn't seem like he could keep up the pace due to that nose, whether it was broke or whatever. His nose definitely, uh, definitely had an effect on him. And when round nine came, I want to say throw, there were more punches being thrown. Ten came, and it looked, it was, it, it made it seem like it was a more exhausting fight with Regis Prograce. He did a very good job at trying to keep trying to fight Josh Taylor fight. However, it was seeming more and more like Josh Taylor was doing what he needed to do to convincingly win the those certain rounds. Regis Progress won some rounds, definitely, but they wasn't as convincing as Josh Taylor rounds that he won. Josh Taylor clearly won those rounds, but Regis won those rounds, but kind of could have went either way to Josh Taylor as well. When round 11 came... Josh Taylor got a cut, a bad cut over his right eye, and it started to swell up really bad in those championship rounds. And he really couldn't even see out of it, and Regis Progress became more aggressive. I felt that Regis Progress won the last two rounds, which was 11 and 12. 
But I did have Josh Taylor winning the fight once the once the fight was over with, just by one round. So I had it seven to five, seven rounds for Josh Taylor and five for Regis Prograce. But I had it definitely for Josh Taylor winning that fight. And when the 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 scorecards came out, Josh Taylor won by a majority decision, which means he became the unified light welterweight champion, and he now holds the IBF and the WBA super light welterweight titles at 140, and Jose Ramirez holds the other two at 140. So you know what that means. We're on the crash court, to, crash course to have an undisputed champion. So I'm really looking forward to that. Great fight, though, from Josh Taylor as well as Regis Progress. They put up one of the fight of the years because they really fought through as as much as they could, man. They didn't give up. None of them got knocked down, but they gave it their all. And once the round was over with, the fight was over with, man, you could tell they had so much respect for each other. And that's what you need in boxing, man. Just two guys who really, they had a lot on the line, and they're fighting to prove that they're the best in the boxing world. So, that's all I have to say about this fight. Great fight overall. And looking forward to who they fight next. And this concludes this episode of Sides of Boxing. I want to thank each and every one of you for listening all the way to the end. Be sure to like, subscribe, and leave a positive rating if you can. And tell a friend to tell a friend if they're a boxing fan. Because I'm going to continue to give out great content each and every week. The next fight that's coming up is with Canelo versus Sergey Kovalov. So be on the lookout for that episode when it comes out. And I want you all to have a great rest of your week and be blessed.